BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Sucky, sucky journalism. Why is journalism so sucky? It's one more thing. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> one more thing. That's why they should do one of the ends on 60 Minutes sometimes. They come back and you're sitting there on the stool in front of a, you know, a black background. Sucky, sucky journalism. Wait a why minute, is journalism a... so sucky? Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. Steve Croft takes a look. <laughs> Journalism sucks. I'm Steve Kral. <laughs> so who's this egghead we're going to be listening to, Sean? So, uh, so this is Jason Kalkanis uh, from the same group of uh, dudes who uh, the Chamath Palapapatia podcast uh, group. You're group. saying a lot of crazy words here. What, what do you have to have like 27 letters in your name to be on that podcast? Yes. Uh, that is, uh, yeah, I, I think that's actually. No, uh, Sax. One of the guys' name is Sax. So he, he's the, uh, the, the rule that disproves Slacker. It. Um, mm. But they had a conversation about journalism. Uh, Calcanis uh, began his career. He he wrote about the Internet and kind of technology as a journalist in the 90s. Uh, he was very early on in kind of the whole blogging uh, game. So uh, I think he has some perspectives about how the Internet has changed journalism over the years. And I thought it'd be uh, be interesting for us to discuss. Hit it. The Internet commoditized the reporting of facts. Uh, that's Sachs. I, I don't I, I don't think it matters who the names are. Steve Sachs, L.A. Dodgers. <laughs> no, no, different person. Sachs. And so at that point, the, the traditional media went wholesale into opinions. opinions, into opinions. And so now they all have an agenda of some totally. kind. I mean, Jake, how you know this, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, having been a journalist in this, I, it's really interesting to hear your opinions. And it really is a confluence of events. What happened was. The internet caused um, the revenue streams of the press to get just violently compressed or eliminated. So, you know, you had Craigslist take the classified business. Google and Facebook took the ad business. 
in subscriptions, Netflix, Spotify, et cetera. So you have all that revenue is gone. And what that meant was they uh, didn't have the resources to do fact checking. And then the publishing schedule because of blogging, which I was involved in, required that people file two, three, four times a day just to keep up. And so when you're filing even just twice a day, there is no time to get quotes from the subjects. So we have all, as people who are subjects, had quotes uh, attributed to us that were like, where did you pull that quote from? And like, oh, three years ago, you said this or whatever. It used to be you filed once every two weeks, or maybe if you were in a weekly news, a news, like a news week or a business week, you filed once a week magazines you filed once uh, or twice per episode per issue or maybe once every other issue or feature writer now they have to they have to publish so much by the way jason you they said don't something do any fact oh, don't do any fact checking that's the, the really interesting right there wow yeah plus you know the commoditization of facts that i, I had to contemplate that for a bit a, a commodity is something that is undifferentiated from another thing like a, a, a bushel of wheat is a bushel of wheat is a bushel of wheat. Um, and so if if you can get facts anywhere and nobody's facts are any better than anybody else's Think facts, of like I'm not going to go to the, or, the daily newspaper for facts. I got a million places to find facts. Yeah, th things like sports scores or stock prices. You used to have to open the morning newspaper to figure out what happened yesterday. Those right. facts are no longer relevant to the business model of a newspaper. Mm -hmm. like, so they're not worth any from, money. Yeah, because I can get those free from anywhere. Yeah. So you have to come up with new facts. Or no, you have to come up with opinions. And that's what the media had largely done. Well, that's, yeah. And yeah. I, I, a lot of opinions are presented as facts, but th that's kind of what I meant. You have to come up with new facts, which I should use finger quotes for that. You have to right. come up with new facts. Here's your facts. And then so here's another uh, shorter clip where he talks about how um, kind of the tails wagging the dog in terms of uh, the internetization and how followers are now dictating a lot of actions. Your salary is now determined by your number of followers on Twitter, as is your book deal. And your Substack then becomes your negotiating position versus your existing publication. So someone like Kara Swishers, who is not full-time at the New York Times, probably makes a half million or a million dollars a year doing her podcast with them in the editorial page. I, I would say somewhere between 500K and a million. All the what? other writers there are looking at other people who've gotten significant followings and saying, I have to get a big following. How do you get a big following? Well, anybody picking a side gets rewarded. And if you go down the middle, you don't get rewarded because people go, that makes but, sense. But, but, uh, well, so there's that. There's the polarization part. You, you get rewarded for picking a side. There also would be um, there's no reward for a breaking news story. And you think, I'm going to wait a couple of days and see how this shakes out before I jump in on uh, whether um, George Floyd was murdered or not. You know, I, I, I'm going to wait and see what the facts are in this. Before I make yeah. a strong opinion, obviously you don't get rewarded and get more followers for that. That that's interesting. I'd like to know more about the whole. Uh, your salary is based on your Twitter followers. Your book deals based on your Twitter followers. That's troubling. Yeah, well, and if you're living in the clickbait jungle, uh, if you put a reasonable kind of uh, even-handed, sober opinion and headline up against something really sensationalistic, you're going to get killed. Which is why our our you know career path is suicidal, and well, we really need to pick a side <laughs> and, and and pander like uh, mother scratchers. Yeah, there are. I mean, there are exceptions. I mean, we're we're, we're making a living doing what we do. Um, uh, but the Dispatch, if anybody's caught on to that news organization that I subscribe to, 
they're trying really hard to like not react to the story of the day. They wait a couple of days until they're, and sometimes it's weird. Like I'll read their, their, their analysis on Thursday about something that happened on Monday and think, why are you still talking about this? I'm really not interested at this point um, because they wait and see what happened and think about it for a while. They're doing pretty well, but you know, I think they have yeah, a relatively small, well. relatively small <laughs> footprint. They have also upended the entire business model of the, they're they're doing something completely different than what their competitors are doing, in that they are not selling ads, and it's it's essentially they're just not counting clicks at all. Yeah, yeah, it's all just subscription based. If you want to see more of what we are doing, please support us because that's the only way that we can continue to exist. All I know is I got one home. One. It's humiliating. I should have a home in the Hamptons. One in Paris, one in I don't know somewhere warm and sandy. I can barely show myself my face at the uh, the uh, opera gala, gala, gala. So gala. I I, <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to go if you don't know how to say it. Um, <laughs> I heard somebody talking about they were talking about politics, but it the politics and media are so intermingled at this point it's hard to even tell them apart. Um, they were talking about everybody thinks it's a supply problem and it's a demand problem. Like people think about, you know, this news outlet is bad or Trump is bad or whatever. No, it's the demand problem. We have a demand problem that's upending everything. There's a demand for this kind of journalism or we wouldn't be clicking on all this crap. Crap. There's a demand for our politicians to act this way or we wouldn't be sending them money and votes every time they act that way. So it's right. demand that's driving this, not supply. And a lot of people get angry about the supply. Well, we've said for decades, if crap sells, sell crap. That's what we're, that's what we're seeing. Is there more to that, Sean? Or is that... Uh, those are the only yeah. clips that I have. That's yeah. really interesting stuff, man. That is really good. interesting stuff. God dang it. And so did I hear those numbers right? So they're saying that the sort of person that would have had to come up with, with one posting a week for a weekly magazine now has to do two a day and that was on the low sure, end, even yeah. a daily newspaper you would you don't crank out an article every single day if you're a, a newspaper reporter you spend time you, you you know you collect quotes you ask the other side etc and then you publish a big piece on friday so in reality at the time where you hear fact check more than you've ever heard it in your life there's actually less fact checking going on than there ever has been right Right. Which is really troubling. And the fact-checking tends to just be opinion-reinforcing. I disagree. Is there fact-checking? Well, I remember when we had Laura Logan on, and uh, she was telling us about how they did things at 60 Minutes and how they would, you know, have long conversations about one word in a story, trying to get everything exactly right and and as close to right as they could get. And how she reads New York Times front-page stories and says there won't be a single fact in that story. Right. Which is... Did they ride their horses home from those meetings, Boomer? Please. I don't know where this takes society. I, I just, and nobody does. Nobody does. Will, will people over time, and God, maybe that time is decades. I don't know if we can survive for decades, but will people over time gravitate towards some news source that they think they take their time, they don't, like, just stick with their side? Will that emerge at some point? Either that or the politics and the communication will just continue to degenerate and, and smart people will figure out a way to manage it the best they can. They'll figure out a way to harness the energy that exists in the world they find themselves 
and and get elected or get clicks or sell sponsorships or whatever. And it isn't necessarily going to be good. Not all change is progress. I always want to talk the to dinosaurs. I always want to talk to hardcore libertarians about this because I I'm, I mostly believe it. But what if human beings are just too flawed? We're flawed. We won't do the smart thing. We'll seek out whatever story backs up our preconceived notion of something, and we won't even try to find the truth. And therefore, we can't govern ourselves because we don't. We're just we're just flawed. Well, the idea that's is what you, we're doing right now. Right. You would hope that in a system like ours, you elect the best among us, and they transcend some of that foolishness. And, and represent us even as they lead us. But that's why a republic is a better idea than a democracy. In a democracy, the, the, the mood of the mob is the government. Yeah, but right now, people are getting beaten to the extremes in their own parties by feeding people more crap that they want to hear, whether it's true or not. People are doing yeah. that on both sides. I'll promise you the world on the left. All kinds of free stuff that can't ever happen. But I'm going to claim it can. You see, like Elizabeth Warren yelling at Joe Biden. I didn't want, don't want to be president to think small. I want everybody right. to get to go to college for free and we'll wipe out all the college debt and all these things that can't ever possibly happen. Those people are, are winning a lot of times. And same well, with the, the reverse on the right. I think the libertarian response would be, yeah, and that will yield shit results. And people will figure that out. What if, what if and your we'll society collapses there? in the meantime? Well, what if your society can print the, the fiat currency of the world? What if your society can take on unlimited debt, for instance? Then a lot of the stops, a lot of the, uh, the, the breaks on, you know, craning over the edge of the cliff are removed. I don't know. It's really, really troubling. I don't see the way out of this. And some real, some way, way smarter than pe- me people, which is a lot of people. That sentence structure kind of <laughs> illustrates your point. <laughs> exactly yeah, that is, you know, ironically <laughs> enough. Yeah. Uh, people Although that I, are, I've figured out I'm going to write a book about this. And, and the only reason I'm going to is I have a great title. I have no idea what the rest of the book's going to be. Doesn't matter. Title is all that matters. <laughs> the Curse of Greatness. Ooh, that's pretty the good. The U.S. in the 21st century. Please fly off the shelves. Um, Do they have books on shelves? But I was listening to Sam Harris talk about this and uh, James Lindsay, like some super smart people who, who, who have been saying, I don't see how we emerge from this. I don't know. I have no, like, I can't picture how this is going to come out okay. Do you, you want the, like the, the good use case scenario of, of what it might end up looking like? Sure. Is Wikipedia. Where when Wikipedia first started, I remember high school professors said, that's not a reliable source, yeah, right? Yeah. Anybody on there can type. But Wikipedia is one of the greatest sources of information that the world has ever known. Funny you'd say that. I was thinking about that just yesterday, about how at this point, things have been battled over so much. You get pretty close to what's, what's and, reasonable. And that's what it is, right? It is an open source thing that everybody gets their input on. And through the aggregation of the, the kind of hive mind, you figure out somewhere of close to what actually is. Although and, my understanding is they've really restricted who can edit a page now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not every well, I can get on and edit a page, but they have way. There are moderators that have more uh, influence than me, and mm-hmm. and so so yes, it's it is not a a totally uh, equal playing field. They do have moderators. They do have people that work for the site, et cetera. But I think something like that model, kind of open, transparent, and everybody gets to see who's doing what edits is what the future of all this looks like. Yeah, it's going to be closer than anything else we've got right now. 
Well, Jack's question is, how do we emerge from this? My answer is, if I'm lucky, I got 35 more years. Good luck, bitches. <laughs> wow. Is that what you say to your kids? Good luck, bitches. <laughs> I rephrase it for them a little bit. When I was a kid, you could pick up a newspaper and have some idea what was going on in the world. Now, there's just like no way to figure out when you get up in the morning what's happening. <laughs> it's almost impossible. And getting worse, by the way. It's getting worse every single day. Good luck, <laughs> bitches. I don't watch the news. It's crap. It's crap? It's crap. Well... I guess that's it. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Digital trends show up every day in business decisions and actions. West Monroe is the number one strategic partner translating technology into financial value for companies. The This Is Digital podcast applies West Monroe's two decades of secrets and best practices to your business's benefit. Favorite past topics from the last three seasons include how AI and the next generation of employees are shaping the workplace, becoming a product company, Highmark's journey, and what does it mean to put the customer first? Learn more at westmonroe.com. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.